Welcome to another episode of Strictly Business, a podcast from Variety, where we talk with some of the brightest minds working in media today. I'm co-editor-in-chief Andrew Wallenstein. It's been less than a year since a new CEO came in to run U.S. Spanish-language media powerhouse Univision. But there's been plenty of changes in that time, in large part thanks to my next guest. Jessica Rodriguez is CMO of Univision Communications and COO and President of Univision Networks. Thanks for coming in, Jessica, to give us an update on where Univision is at. You yourself were promoted back in January 2018 to oversee all programming, production, and marketing for the broadcast and cable networks. How would you describe the changes Univision has undergone in that time, and what's the new mandate? Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. I'm uh, thrilled to uh, be here talking about uh, Univision, this beloved brand for Hispanics. Um, so, you know, the last year has been transformational. Uh, as an employee who has been at the company for almost 20 years, uh, I can tell you it's been exciting. It, it really is a new day at Univision. Um, and you can see it based on the results that we've obtained over the last uh, couple of quarters. Walk but, us through some of those yeah. results. What are we seeing? Well, you know, first and foremost, it's really refreshing um, to have a CEO who I would almost say that in the first 30 days um, of his tenure as CEO said, you know, I want to make sure that we are hyper-focused on what we do best as a company. And what we do best is our mission which is very clear. Um, and what I'll tell you, Andrew, what I love so much about Univision is that if you ask any employee, whether they're at the highest level or the lowest levels of the organization, everybody knows the mission of this company, which is to empower, entertain, and inform Hispanic America. And specifically what that means in the day-to-day, -day, it's you know, how do you give a platform and a voice for Hispanics? How do you make sure that Hispanics are heard, that we're seen, that we're understood, that we're respected. And that's our North Star. And so it's been really refreshing to come back to that North Star and have and say, um, everything that we're gonna do is to service that, right? And so in a nutshell, it's been investment in the core business, period. Uh, it's been an investment in sports uh, and in soccer. On the news side, not only is it expansion of our network news and what we do both on the linear level, but on um, digital as well, but at the local level as well. You know, just in the last month, we've expanded um, all of Texas markets now have a morning news product. Um, investment in our early morning Despierta America news show that's been on the air for 20 years. It's like your Today Show? Yeah, it's our version of the Today Show. Uh, so, you know, that investment that we've seen in sports and news have come just in the last year. When I think about the entertainment side, which is what the business that I'm overseeing, when you see that there is an investment in terms of, A, working with our partners more closely than ever, uh, and what I mean by partners is how we work with Televisa out of Mexico, that's that's a big component. Two, um, acquisitions, right? And and how do we how do we take the very best of what we're receiving from our partners, but how do we also go into the marketplace um, and get those things that aren't readily available, right? So we've had an investment not just in our movie catalogs, but in our Turkish novellas, which are taking you know the world by storm, for example, and some other formats that we've used, right? Um, and tapped into. And then third, it's 
how do we invest in our people and in our own resources? And how do we continue to tell the stories that matter to U.S. Hispanics, right? And so there's been an investment uh, in a lot of our reality show and competition shows and, and unscripted formats that we're really excited about. Um, also, our investment in tent poles, right? And so if one of the things that we know that as a company, um, more than ever, when you talk about, like, what do you, how do you serve this audience, it's with live programming, right? Live news, sports, and entertainment. Well, in that entertainment space, it's the biggest tent goals, right? So it's the Latin Grammys. It's our Premio Nuestro, which is our People's Choice Awards, right? It's our Youth Awards show in the summer. Um, all of these things and all of these tent poles and all of these brands that I've mentioned um, and all of these verticals are ones that over the last 12 months, we've really just um, been hyper-focused in terms of expanding, building, and giving our audience more of what they deserve. So that's a lot of change. Yeah. I'm curious, when the new CEO, Vincent Zdusky, came in, was there any one thing, one priority where he said, okay, this is where you need to focus first? So the first key priority was how do we make sure that on the entertainment side, um, how are we uh, winning in every single time slot? How are we building our share? How are we growing our audiences to serve Latinos across the spectrum? And what I mean by that is whether you're a first-generation Latino or a fourth-generation Latino, whether you're a Spanish-dominant Latino or an English-dominant Latino, uh, how are we serving you, right, um, in that continuum of a day, right? We know that our audience isn't going to be watching us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, and that they're going to come in and out of our programming. So for us, the mandate was... How do we really stay laser focused in meeting the needs of our Latino population, right? Uh, whether it's through novellas, whether it's through competition shows, whether it's through um, our tent poles, and et cetera, et cetera. Well, the amazing thing for those actually who are sort of ignorant of Spanish language media, I don't think people understand how big an audience it is that you guys are speaking to an audience that's just as big in some cases and some demos even bigger than what the broadcast networks in the U.S. are doing. How are you able, though, to sort of be all things to all people? Because you describe a tremendous amount of diversity within the Hispanic audience in terms of language and sensibility. Yeah, so, obviously, one of the main things that we do uh, and, and we take pride on is being thought leaders, right? And so, um, we spend quite a bit of time uh, on research, on insights, kind of really understanding um, the Hispanic population. We're very grateful and we're very honored, um, you know, and that's, that's one of the other things that, you know, we've really uh, focused on in this last year of just understanding that it's an honor and a privilege to serve the Hispanic population, first and foremost, right? And we've been doing that for the better part of 50 years. And so I think, first and foremost, there has to be a humility around the fact that uh, our audiences evolve. Um, our journey in this country has ebbs and flows, and it changes, right? And so the humility of knowing that not every journey is the same, that, again, the journey of someone who is um, an immigrant first generation, as opposed to someone who's been here for two or three generations, is very different. That also um, the Latino from Los Angeles is nuanced when you compare that to maybe the Latino in Texas or New York or Miami. So it's a little bit um, 
kind of understanding that there there is there is those differences, right? Now, what I tell you, um, and what's been really interesting for us is that we've done some research, and in that research, we've uncovered that despite all the differences amongst Latinos, uh, and that we're not monolithic. Um, there are four things that we know that Hispanics gravitate to in terms of what their core values are. And those four are, one is a sense of collectivism. What I mean by that is that as a population, we do everything together. Doing things together is better. And so whereas I think that the traditional American culture was about individualism, um, for us as Latinos, collectivism is at the core. And so what that means is that that ends up being like a filter for the decisions that we make from a programming perspective or a marketing perspective, right? Or how do we signal to our audiences what we want to do, right? And so we look for stories where um, it's the power of the pack, right? It's working together to accomplish something, right? And so that's that's one of the main pillars. Um, the second pillar for Latinos is progress-oriented, right? We are a culture that we're always looking to not just what we achieve, but what's next. Right? What's the next hurdle to accomplish? Good enough isn't good enough, right? Um, that we want to progress as we reach out and search out our um, version of the American dream. Um, the third pillar is um, a sense of cultural pride. And that's where things like sports and music and food come into play because those are cultural unifiers, right? So again, where are the moments in time that you're serving that audience and making them really feel proud of the culture that they're coming from? And then the fourth pillar is um, this 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 tension. That's the best way I can say it. This tension between the old and the new. I speak about it personally from a sense that you know I'm a first generation Latina in this country. So you very much hang on to the values of your parents and of the home country, but you also want to feel that you're part of the American culture. So it's this duality that exists. So when you take those four things, right, uh, you take cultural pride, you take the duality, the push of the old or the new, progress-oriented and collectivism, um, you bring those four pillars, and that's your filter for what you program and how you deliver to the audiences the very best. And so that transcends whether you're Spanish-dominant, English-dominant, whether you're first-generation or third-generation. And so... That's how we program, and that's how we we think about, um, you know, how we continue to be top of mind and top of heart for Latinos in this country. So can you give a specific example of how, say, something like collectivism or that tension you describe manifests in something new in the programming? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a couple of things. So in terms of tension between the old and the new, a perfect example would be uh, our Sunday night um, family franchises, right? So uh, we actually call our Sunday nights, which, you know, as as you know, uh, uh, Sunday nights is the toughest night on television, right? Everyone pulls out their best shows um, on Sunday nights. And uh, we've really created a, a, a special night for our audiences, and it's called Domingos en Familia, Sundays in the Family. And we take pride for the fact that um, during these Sunday nights, we bring together the family. We know that there is, again, a collectivism in terms of how audiences gather around and watch television. We also know that, particularly in the Hispanic uh, community, um, you will have multiple generations uh, watching, right? Obviously, as they're watching on the linear set, 
they also have their smartphone, they also have their iPad, right? They're engaging, they're tweeting, they're talking about um, what's happening. So what we've done is that we have 52 weeks of original reality competition shows that are family friendly um, that we're delivering to our audience. This past fourth quarter, and we had a tremendous fourth quarter on our air, um, we launched a show called Nuestra Belleza Latina, or Our um, our Beauty, our, our Latin Beauty. And over the years, um, we've seen a transformation in terms of what that reality show was. Whereas uh, in the first couple of years, it was much more similar to in America's Next Top Model. Um, it was really leaning into the beauty aspects, right, which we know are very important in the Hispanic uh, community. But over the last few years, um, we took a fresh look at that show and we said, okay, how, how does this show, how does this show evolve? How does a show that was going into its 11th year, which when we actually went out and did research on, you know, what were the shows with the biggest brand equity, that was at the top of the chart. How do we, how do we make it? more um, inclusive and reflective of the day and age that we're living in, right? And so what we did was that we really focused the show on us looking for the next big communication star at Univision. And we also broke a little bit the rules and the mold of, you know, as we know, beauty pageants tend to be of a certain shape and size and age. And we really opened it up, right? No limits, right? Diversity in terms of age, um, their look, their appeal, their background. And what we delivered to audiences was the biggest reality show in Spanish language television in all of 2018. And oftentimes on Sunday nights, um, from a social perspective, the number one show um, uh, socially for Hispanics. And that's a perfect example of the tension between the old and the new, because That was a show that maybe an older generation, right? Somebody, um, you know, um, in their 50s or 60s, um, you know, who are core Univision loyalists, right? They're watching the show because they love the aspects of it being a competition show, a beauty show, um, what reminded them of what that show was. Really being able to sit with their, you know, 16-year-old or 17-year-old granddaughter and really talk about how empowering that show can be, Right. So that's a perfect example of how, you know, the old and the new come in in a special way that still resonates culturally. Because at the end of the day, it all has to come back to culture, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's there's that deliciousness when you're able to do that, right? Bring something to the table that everyone's going to enjoy and that resonates with you culturally in a way that you can't find that on English language. You've mentioned things like the novellas and the fact that uh, uh, you've got a partnership with Televisa. Uh, talk about some of the different things going on that might make this seem a little different than the Univision primetime of the past. We are so excited and invigorated by um, what's happening in primetime. You know, we've, we are actually uh, the only network that had growth in both uh, fourth quarter and first quarter of, of this year. And we're really excited that our audiences are kind of gravitating to the stories that we're telling. First and foremost, you know, we, we can't talk about kind of what's happening in primetime if we also don't talk about just kind of the success and the partnership with Televisa, right? Uh, Televisa is um, the most important, the biggest provider of Spanish language content in the world. And what we've seen over the last few years, um, in particularly with them, is... Um, 
a reinvigoration of how they're telling stories. Um, and, and, you know, I want to, and I want to move the conversation from it being, you know, like, uh, you know, um, are they U.S. Hispanic stories? Are they Mexican stories? No, these are just great stories because at, at, at the core of it all is just a great story. And for decades, um, Televisa has always told great stories. So what we're excited about the fact is that, you know, we've got shorter storylines. We've got um, empowered women, right? And when we talk about empowered women, you know, you have to talk about the power of the millennial woman in the United States, the power of the um, millennial Hispanic mom, actually. So we're excited that, you know, in prime time, we are telling those stories of, you know, realistic women who are living their life, doing life, um, and, you know, not necessarily waiting again for maybe those storylines that you'd see in the past, right, for somebody to come in and save the day, right? And so those are exciting storylines. Um, you know, at 10 o'clock, uh, we've, we've worked very closely with Televisa to deliver to audiences a wonderful story that just really gave us gangbuster numbers at 10. It was called Amara Muerte. Um, you know, I'm going to love you till I die. And it was a supernatural a supernatural storyline. And that was actually very unique, not just on Univision, but on Spanish language in general in terms of the way of how we were um, telling that story. Um, and so what our audience is telling us is that, you know, we want to be delighted. We want to be surprised. You know, at the 10 p.m. hour, I want to be excited, but maybe not in the um, ways that the audience was being served in the past. Exciting for them means tell me something, tell me a story that's unique. Tell me a story that maybe is based in fantasy. Um, and so, you know, again, we were very excited about bringing that that story to life. Equally important to bringing a supernatural story to life was that there was a second important storyline where I was excited because it was a love story between uh, two college-age women. And what I loved about that storyline was the fact that we knew that we were allowing our audiences to sit and watch the show, again, whether they were uh, streaming it or they were watching it on the linear channels, where they were actually seeing a non-traditional love story, a love story that unfortunately hasn't been told on broadcast, whether I would say in English or in Spanish, and that it was told that it was that it was being told in a beautiful, respectful way that was engaging Hispanic families in a much needed conversation around acceptance and inclusion. And so, what was really exciting is that you know we really took a big risk, you know, with 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 the 10 p.m. time period. And what it told us is that you know our audience, our audience wants to be surprised. Our audience wants to be taken um, on a journey. So you know, it's it's it's. It's a mix of us leaning into um, new ideas, but also equally important, and this is super, super important to say, um, really loving and cherishing and honoring, you know, the basis of the novella and storyline. So, you know, out of the four pillars, when we're talking about that tension between the old and the new, it's like, how do you take the telenovela, which is so important, so central to our culture, and that we love ourselves a great telenovela. We know that. Um, and you know, and, and the ratings reflect that. Um, and and how do you how do you have a scope of novellas that meet different needs, right? So one is yes, do the risk taking novella, right, where um, you know it's a little bit edgier, um, differentiated storylines, topics that you know require discussion. And then how do you how do you have that live in an environment where you also have a traditional love story? People love traditional love stories. 
there's a space for those as well, right? And so where does that live? Does that live earlier on in the schedule, right? I think also, too, um, what we've also seen success in is bringing in those alternative storylines that resonate. Um, you know, we know, for example, that uh, Turkish novellas have done really gangbusters worldwide. And so how do we introduce that novella? Um, and we've begun to do that with success. Also, too, um, we've... we've We've achieved a lot of success with these grandiose productions um, based on spirituality. Um, and, and we do that in partnership with um, our friends in, in Brazil. And so what you have suddenly is a prime time that looks very different hour to hour. Whereas I think that maybe a few years ago, you could probably turn on the set and see, okay, you know, between 7 and 11, I'm seeing somewhat the same storyline, you know, each of these hours. Now you really have a differentiated product, right? And so at 7, 7 p.m., um, you know, you've got, um, you know, daily episodic uh, shows um, that solve a problem in one hour, uh, followed by 8 o'clock where you have a majestic, grandiose production um, based on um, biblical stories, which is important to our audience. Then we move on to 9 o'clock in a comedic telenovela. Um, headlined by a strong female cast. And then at 10 o'clock, how do you just take people's breath away and let people's imagination um, run wild? And so that's exciting to just kind of see um, that transition happening, how we're able to deliver that to our audiences and and give something to everybody, recognizing that not everybody's going to sit there for four hours straight. But, you know, if you're watching the 8 o'clock, you know, maybe you're not watching the 10 o'clock. And, you know, maybe you're watching both of them. Who knows? But Again, giving 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 that variety to our audience has been really exciting um, to to work with our partners at Televisa um, as well as through our acquisitions. What about the role of news in reaching the Hispanic audience? Because it sounds like there's been a bunch of changes both at the national level. You mentioned the the new. Uh, not new morning show, but I guess a reformatted morning show. And there's also, and I think people need to understand this about Univision, how important local it is because you have dozens of affiliates around the country. So what are you doing there and why are you doing that? So, you know, this is the moment where I put on my CMO hat, right? And, um, you know, we, we say and we stand proud with the fact that when we're able to say that Univision has um, uh, the highest brand equity of any media company in the United States uh, among Hispanics, um, you know, at the core of that is news and localism. Point one. We actually don't have a brand if it wasn't for what we deliver on a daily basis to our community in terms of giving them the news that they need as well as all the tools at the local level for them to live their best life, right? So there's that combination of, of the two things, and I'll unpack each, each one of them, right? But when we look at news, um, people trust us. Mm-hmm. And Univision is synonymous to trust because of news. And what I like to say is that when we, when we really shine is when we do things such as... Um, support our anchors in delivering the most important news for our Latino population, whatever that may mean for them. And there's no better example than what just happened a few weeks ago with Jorge Ramos in Venezuela, right? Uh, I think that's a perfect example of 
again, going in, shedding light on a topic which isn't necessarily covered in the most correct way or deep way or the way that Latinos want it to be covered on English language news, but that it is absolutely covered perfectly um, in Spanish language. Uh, and so we're just thrilled about the fact that we have a uh, group of anchors, journalists, producers, um, people in front, of the, in front of the cameras and behind the cameras who are out for truth and justice and thinking first and foremost how to advocate for this Hispanic community. Um, we're excited about the fact that, you know, when we talk about innovation, that we are actually the only um, media company who actually has a broadcast news uh, network news program at noon, digitally focused. And I would actually say that it's on linear, but it's digital first because you can see it on Facebook, you can see it on YouTube, and you can actually see it at noon on our air across the country. And that six months later, we actually opened up another half hour so that across the country, local stations could service their communities as well, right? When we think of innovation and diversity, and you know, and, and it goes back to what I was saying at the top of Hispanics, we wanna feel heard, seen, understood, respected, um, that also means diversity of thought um, and diversity in who are the people that are, are in front telling the stories, right? So when you, you know, how amazing is it to be able to see Ilya Calderon, right? The first Afro-Latina um, who's anchoring uh, major broadcast network news, right? Delivering the news in the front lines. That's, that's exciting. That's, that's, that's important for our audience to see themselves reflected as well. So at the network level, it's where, whereas I feel that generally speaking, most networks are cutting back in terms of their investment in news, we're actually doubling down. Um, and so we're seeing that at the network level, as I mentioned with our morning show as well, which we did an entire um, overhaul, not just about, not just um, visually with, you know, looking at the set, but also in terms of what does our audience need? You know, if you really look back and say, you know, how does our audience get started on their day? How do they live their best life? How do they go out and make their American dream happen? It starts from the morning time. So how do we prepare our audience so that um, they can they can reach that? At the local level, yes, um, absolutely. The fact that our local footprint is so significant, that's a differentiator for us. You know, when people think about um, aggregating audiences and reaching audiences, you know, I, I always like to go back to the basics that we have 120, um, over 120 local television and radio stations, right? And that 60 of them are ONLs, right? And that we are in every major um, uh, city that 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 we need to be in. And that in a market, for example, like LA, we're actually the number one um, station in the market, regardless of language. Amazing. Um, and 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 so. You know, the fact that we're doubling down more than ever in terms of more reporter, more reporters, more breaking news, um, you know, that we are expanding our local news, um, you know, and more to come on that. Um, but we're very excited about some 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 future announcements on that front. Um, the fact that, you know, last um, over the last two months, we've actually launched local morning news in five key markets that we didn't have in the past in early morning. We all know how successful and how important early morning news are. You know, we just launched in Chicago. We just launched um, just last um, 
weaken in, in our four Texas markets. Um, and and we, you know, revamped our entire um, local apps uh, across each of our local stations, right? Our audience is on the go. So these are just, again, examples of how um, we reach our community. But Univision is not alone out there in serving this audience. You've, you've got a, a pretty strong rival in Telemundo. There's still others out there. What is sort of the Univision, and I guess put, putting your marketing hat on here, what is the Univision brand differentiator? What does it say to the Hispanic marketplace that they can't get somewhere else? Yeah. We don't just serve this community. We are this community. You know, when you think about the 80%, 85% of the population, of all employees, are Latinos. We live this brand every day. We love this brand every day. Um that's that's what makes us so unique. The fact that we are here to advocate, empower, inform, and entertain the Latino population um, through the four verticals that I said, right? Through a lens of collectivism, through a lens of you know being proud of our culture. Yes, that there is this tension between the old and the new, but that we're progressing forward, right? It's it's a mix of 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 those key pillars um, that that I believe has allowed us to um, maintain this leadership position, right? And, and again, I go back to a, a humility of recognizing that we're very fortunate that we get to hold this brand in our hands for this defined period of time. But we all know what this brand represents to millions of Hispanics um, over over the decades. And we want to see this um, brand continue to flourish for decades to come, particularly even more so that the Latino population is growing in power and in influence. Um, we welcome competition. I think competition makes us all better. Uh, so I think that there is a space for everyone um, to, to, to tell stories to the Latino population. Um, again, I, I, I firmly believe that it's the trust, the respect, the fact that we are looking at this audience, Andrew, and it's like, I see you, I hear you, um, I respect you, I understand you, I'm going to champion you like no one else, whether you, whether it's at the national level, whether it's at the local level. Um, I'm going to be there for you in a way that absolutely no other brand can can be there for Hispanics. That's that's what I believe, truly. Well, it sounds like you've got quite a mission ahead of you uh, for the coming year. Looking forward to seeing what else comes out of Univision. Thanks for coming in, Jessica. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of Strictly Business. Tune in next week for another helping of scintillating conversation with media movers and shakers. 